Welcome into the In the Money podcast for opening day of the Keeneland Fall Meet. Fall Stars Weekend starts on Friday with three graded stakes that are all part of a late pick four that we're going to take a look at. I'm Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. Jim, the late pick four starts in the seventh race with a grade two stall, Keenan Ogden, Phoenix. Three and up, six furlongs, classic uh, staple on the Keeneland calendar. And uh, it's a really nice renewal this year, well-matched group. How did you see this one shaking out? Yeah, Morning Line guy has got Bango as the favorite. I, I don't disagree with that with his most recent form. I just question whether he's going to be as good at Keeneland as he is at Churchill. He holds, I think he's tied the all-time record at Churchill with 11 wins, but he's only got three wins away from Churchill. Uh, Greg's taking a shot with him here in a grade two, coming off uh, a number of listed stakes uh, efforts. Uh, you, you can't see a graded stakes effort in his past 15 races or so. So Bango is taking a, a substantial step up here and facing some some rather uh, tough horses that ship in from various places. So I'm going to go really deep in here. Um, the horse that ran second to Bango um, back in the uh, – uh, the bet on sunshine at, at Churchill last November. Sibelius is in here. Um, Manny Waugh is in here, who's the defending champion. Gulfstream Way for Norm Cassie uh, ran right behind Bango at Churchill um, on sixteenth of September. And if you figure that Bango's got the home court advantage, if you look at it like a football team uh, on a neutral field, as you say, uh, Gulfstream Way should probably have an advantage over Bango. So I would. You know, him at eight to one versus Bango at five to two is a much better value because he very easily could have won that race at Churchill. Uh, I'm going to use Bango defensively. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter say you should never do that if you, have, if you take a favorite that you don't really like. But he's capable. He, he never runs worse than a 95 anywhere. He's got one bad race at Ellis back in uh, July of 22, so he's going to be consistent. I just don't think he's net much better than these other horses. I'm going to use Nakatomi for Wesley Ward, and that horse does have a home court advantage with three for four at Keeneland. Uh, I read Ortiz rides and um, with Gaffleyone locked up on Bango. So I think Nakatomi's got a big shot at four to one. And then um, I think that's, uh, that will probably do me. Oh, the one horse uh, on the inside hoist to go. It's got some hidden form. If you go back in April, uh, ran really well in the Commonwealth here at Keeneland. Uh, he's only won one race since then. But they tested him in grade one and grade two waters at Del Mar. Didn't disgrace himself. Ran behind the chosen Ron by four and a half. And um, two for two in the money at Kingland. So hoist the go, getting Johnny V, a big uh, jock upgrade. So I'm going to use him for Dallas Stewart as well. So going to go five deep. I think this race is absolutely wide open. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that uh, analysis. And uh, I've got a lot of the same ones. Um, I'm going to have to go a lot more shallow than I would like when it comes to the pick four ticket structure because of um, keeping the budget uh, to a manageable level. So I'm going to fade Bango in here uh, for the reasons you talked about. And I'm going to go with Gulfstream Way, who nearly beat him last time. And you talk about, you know, Bango with the ultimate home course advantage there and Gulfstream Way still almost won. This horse is in really sharp form since moving to Norm Cassie. And I think it's got a big shot in here. Seems to be uh, getting good right now. They gave that one a slight nod over Nakatomi, who's three for four at Keeneland, as you mentioned. Uh, steady, solid work pattern coming up to this race. I just wonder if he's maybe a little better at seven than at six. And now coming from uh, off the pace, 
maybe he just doesn't quite get there. So that's the thing that causes me a little bit of concern. I think Sebelius is going to bounce back and run well. Um, I think this horse, if he's in this spot, uh, I think that tells me that they are expecting a return to form. And his best would be good enough. He just The two starts after he got back from overseas uh, were not good. But on his best day, he's good enough. And I think at the price, uh, I definitely want him on my ticket. And then the other one I'm going to use is Dr. Oscar whose buyers are good enough and he has good speed and can sit there and, and stalk the front runners if he doesn't make the lead himself. And uh, I think those uh, horses are, are tough coming in from Canterbury. So I think uh, Dr. Oscar is a very viable contender in here. Uh, Manny Wah and Bango were the other two I'd written down. If I went the uh, six deep, I'd probably use those two next. You make a good point on hoist the gold too. It's, you know, you can certainly uh, consider just going all in here if you have the budget. But uh, I ended up with Gulfstream Way on top. Next up, two-year-old Phillies on the turf at a mile and a 16th is the grade two Jessamine presented by Keeneland Novembers now on this opening day card. And I ended up on Buchu here for uh, Phil Bauer. This horse had a 78 at uh, Churchill, 78 buyer fig in the fourth start in that win at Churchill. Very impressive. Drew off to win. And the horse that she beat handily was well in front of third place, and that was a Tim Ham filly that ran well up at Saratoga. So I think that was maybe a good horse that she beat and did it very handily and spread out the field. So I liked that effort. I put her on top. Uh, I think Smooth Waves is certainly uh, very dangerous in here with a big wake-up uh, in the fourth start for the Maker Barn and then a couple of sharp works off that win at Kentucky Downs. Uh, Toopy is 20 to 1. I don't think she'll go off at that price since it's grand motion. And I think her pedigree suggests she'll improve with, with distance. And I uh, interviewed uh, Graham for Keeneland social media that fans can find. And, uh, you know, he, he's got this one and one in the, uh, boy, uh, two-year-old turf race on Sunday that are for two of his longtime clients. And he thinks they uh, both could potentially be Breeders' Cup caliber. So keep an eye on Tupi at a nice price. Time to Dazzle won the debut, but is uh, giving away a good bit of experience versus these. And the other one I'm going to use is a pellet who is from the Pletcher Barn. Is still a maiden, but uh, she caught some really good fields up at Saratoga. And uh, I think she, she, she could be good enough if there's no standout in here. So I'm going deep in this leg, too. How about you? Well, we uh, disagree on this one. Uh, I'm not going to go very deep. I think time to zazzle uh, off that maiden win at Woodbine. Um, that turf course is, is a nice turf course up there, and that form usually transfers well to Keeneland. Uh, Mark Cassie trains this one, uh, throws her into a grade two stakes right off a, a maiden win. So that means he could have kept her there and run, run the first level allowance race, but he brings her here in a grade two he picks up Luis Saez, big jockey change. And I think this Philly, at least on numbers, you know, running 83 first time out. The ones that you mentioned, um, Abeyance, uh, Smooth Waves, they took a while to get to their uh, mid-70s buyer with their maiden breakers. So this horse runs 83 right off the bat. They ship her down here from Woodbine. Been working well at Woodbine. I, I just think this one's got a big shot in here. Didn't single her. I used a horse that you didn't mention as my second horse in here, and that's Crown Imperial for John Ortiz. Um, this horse comes out of uh, stakes races, has five races under her belt, and she's gradually increased her buyer level from 60 to 73, ran the best race of her life at Kentucky Downs in the Untappable, uh, and won that race 
with a 73 buyer. She was hung outside, had to come from way off of it uh, at six and a half. She stretches out to a mile and 16. Uh, that six and a half probably got her ready for a mile at, at Kentucky Downs. So I think she moves forward off that. And she's got a huge experience edge on the rest of these fillings. She's been running in stakes races since she broke her maiden back at Indiana. So I'm only going to use two in here. I'm going to use Time to Dazzle and Crown Imperial. Let's go to the grade one Darley Alcibiades for two-year-old fillies at a mile and a 16th, often a good prep for the Breeders' Cup juvenile fillies. Uh, you've got uh, Brightwork and VV's Dream, I think, are going to be pretty – Pretty good amount of separation between those two and the rest on the odds board, uh, with Brightwork being the favorite. Uh, how do you see the Darley Alcibiades? Well, I think those two, the race goes through those two, um, simply because Brightwork um, barely beat BB's Dream at Ellis, and then she goes on to win a grade three and a grade one at Saratoga. So she's got to be the favorite on that resume. Four for four lifetime, uh, Ortiz. Uh, brings her in here on the top of her game, and I read Ortiz keeps them out. But VB's dream only ran a length, half a length behind her at Ellis. Kenny chose to keep her in Kentucky, and all she did was win the grade three Pocahontas last time by eight and three quarters and just pulled away and, and it was like a paid workout. Um, hand ride from BJ, and uh, she may be, if she moved as much forward as I think she did, she's going to be right there with uh, with bright work. Uh, on the wire. I used a couple of horses here just because uh, this race tends to have unpredictable finishes. And just in case one of these two-year-olds has jumped up, I'm going to use Emery, um, Maiden Breaker at Saratoga on a muddy track. Don't know if that moved her up or not, but Brad Cox uh, with two-year-old fillies is extremely good, uh, 29% with all two-year-olds. And just in case she's the real deal, uh, she cut off fractions of 44 and 3 and finished at 109 and 4 on a muddy track at Saratoga. And then, just in case it gets really crazy, I'm going to throw in Wine on Tap for Todd Pletcher. Uh, she won the um, Maiden Special at Belmont and went, took her into Schuylerville, where Becky's Joker won that as a maiden at like 40 to 1. But she's been favored all three races. She's burned a little bit of money. She finished second in the sorority last time in Monmouth. But She's got an experience edge on a couple of these. She's got two stakes races under her belt. So one on tap at 20 to 1 with Todd Fletcher and Johnny Velasquez. I think I'll take a little bit of that. So I'm going to go four deep here just in case the two. I mean, you could get you could put Bright Work and BB's Dream on there and maybe be safe, but I'm spending a little more money thinking that something weird might happen. I'm going to stick with the top two, and I like VV's Dream slightly over Bright Work. Um, Love the race last time. And uh, this horse was highly touted before her debut win. And the, the race down at Ellis, Sprightwork got to the lead, and Vivi's Dream was coming from slightly off of it. And at that time, that track was still really speed favoring. So I think that might have uh, helped Sprightwork that day as well. I mean, I don't think there's much between them, but uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to Vivi's Dream in this spot over Sprightwork. Race 10 is a second-level allowance for three and up at a mile on the turf. I ended up taking a little bit of a price in here with Johnny's Fireball. Source really improved big time in the first start for Norm Cassie and then had all kinds of trouble down at Kentucky Downs. I uh, liked the horse off the race at Ellis and uh, bet him back at Kentucky Downs, and he had just tons of trouble. I think it would have been right there at the finish. Uh, get Saez to ride. So uh, I think Johnny's Fireball is a player in here. 
Uh, two horses that finished one, two at Kentucky Downs. Either one of those two could win this. Buies and chasing the crown for Walsh and Maker, respectively. And then uh, Golden Alchemist is the other one I would consider for Chad Brown with a nice second off a long layoff. But it seems like for Chad, his top-level horses, the the stakes runners, uh, fire when they're here. The others are a little in and out, um, the uh, you know maiden allowance types. So I'm going to probably leave off Golden Alchemist just for budgetary reasons and stick with the, the one, five, and 9 with Johnny's Fireball, my pick on top. How do you see race 10? I agree with uh, most of your picks. I didn't use Johnny's Fireball. He was probably the last one that I threw out. And I, I agree that he's he's got a shot in here with Louie on the inside. Um, I went with Voice as far as uh, uh, a winning pick. Uh, this horse ran very well at Kentucky Downs at seven furlongs, and, which is almost like a mile here, uh, coming off a good race at Saratoga. Beat Chasing the Crown and Underdress. I'm going to use those two horses, though, because they both ran well enough to win, and they might like Keeneland a little bit better than Kentucky Downs. So I'll try to use the angle of they didn't have to win at Kentucky Downs. They just had to run well and be in good form, and you take a chance of you know, one of those horses turning the tables on the horse that won at Kentucky Downs at their price. So I'm going to use boys, going to use underdress, going to use chasing the crown, all coming out of the same race. Chasing the crown in particular has run three great races in a row with 392 buyers and three second-place finishes at three different racetracks, Belmont, Saratoga, Kentucky Downs. So it's pretty, pretty certain she's going to like Keeneland. She ran her maiden special weight here, did not win back in April of 22, but uh, pretty much she takes her racetrack with her. Um, him, him, rather not him, not her. I'm going to use Golden Alchemist just because Chad Brown and I read Ortiz. That's got to throw him in there, and I'm going to throw in a price at um, at twenty to one Coliseo for Wayne Calano and Flavian Pratt. And this horse has obviously had some issues. They brought it over from France back in '22 and ran a couple of races at Saratoga, and then was laid off until September of '23. So, uh, thirteen month layoff. Comes out of the same race to Kentucky Downs. Got to figure that he needed that race. And Flavian Pratt takes the mount for Catalano. I will never toss Flavian Pratt at 20 to 1 in turf race at Keeneland. So I'm going to use that one as well. So I'm going to go five deep. It's going to be a rather expensive ticket when I get to my pick four. All right. I have a $60 ticket, uh, three, four, eight, nine in the Phoenix, then one, two, five, nine, ten in the Jessamine. Five seven in the Alcibiades and one five nine in the finale. Sixty dollar ticket for me. How'd you build your ticket? I got uh, one three four seven eight with two four with four five seven eight in the Alcibiades and two five eight nine ten. That's a hundred bucks. If you can narrow it down that second leg and single that second time starter, it'd be fifty bucks. But I'm going to cover myself a little bit and spend the kind of the max of a hundred. Opening day at Keeneland's a special event and. Uh, Hopefully we'll get some decent weather. It looks like it might be a little rainy on late Thursday and early Friday, but uh, the rest of the weekend looks good. So we're looking forward to having everybody out here to uh, celebrate a fall weekend and maybe a Kentucky Wildcats win on Saturday. Well, that would be a nice uh, little daily double there uh, for Saturday. Um, the Turf Pick 3 is back. Uh, anything that's uh, changed? I know the uh, past performances will be coming out in the in the racing form earlier because you guys are entering earlier than in, in the past. But uh, tell us a little bit about that and any other changes for the betters. Yeah, so we've already drawn for, as, as we're recording this, we've already drawn all weekend, plus we've drawn for next Wednesday. So 
from this point forward, we, we will be drawing a week out. So on Thursday, we draw for the next Thursday. So those PPs should be up on Friday, uh, if not Thursday night, early Friday morning. So you'll be able to get them daily racing form, Brisnet, wherever you get your paid PPs. And then a day later, it'll be on our website. Um, so, yeah, it gives the players a, a, at least five days to take a look at it. Um, and it uh, allows horsemen to make plans. Hopefully, it'll, if we have some scratches, we've got also eligibles up to 16 horses at each race. So we think it's going to be a good thing for us. Um, pick three is back. It's a $3 minimum on the last three races, turf races of the day. Average payoff for that bet in 2022 is $1,422 for a $3 wager. So it's a great bet. It's, you know, the turf races obviously at Keeneland in the fall are absolutely wonderful. We've got more turf races this time because we don't have a Breeders' Cup. Breeders' Cup asks you to limit the number of turf races to keep the turf course in good shape for the last two days. And don't have to worry about that this year because it's at Santa Anita. Uh, we're also going to have a $1 pick six on Saturday that we'll be talking about in a couple of days uh, on our podcast, and it will be uh, three races that are Breeders' Cup Challenge races from Keeneland and three Breeders' Cup Challenge races from Santa Anita. And I think there's five grade ones and a grade two, so that'll be a great pick six with a $1 minimum and a 15% takeout. Great. Good to hear. Jim Goodman, uh, I'm Tom Leach, and that's the In the Money podcast. We'll be doing one every day of the fall meet, so keep it tuned right here to KeelanSelect.com.